Evening, Flucker fans. Well, good morning. Oh, yeah. In well, good day. Yeah, that's true. Wherever you are. I think we need to be saying hello to some new listeners. Some new listeners, yes. Uh, so, ahoy, which is a bit nautical-like for you. <laughs> it's very nautical. Our, <laughs> that's for our Czech listeners that are, uh, are tuning in. Uh, and also, uh, that's for our new Bulgarian listeners. Big in Bulgaria, apparently. Big in Bulgaria. But, that um, sounds like a, uh, a weekend away. Yeah, but apart from Blighty, the biggest uh, biggest growth area for us at the minute is Sunny Oz. So, good day. Yeah, can't seem to get enough of us, Cobber. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I'm hoping that we might end up getting sponsored by Fosters or something. That would be good. That'd be great, wouldn't mm. it? Anyway, cheers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, cheers. Yeah. So, um, well, the, I was just going to say that uh, I think it's 15 countries now. It is. 15 countries. 15. Mm. I've never been global before. I, I think you have. You have that many holidays. You're all over the place. I had that one moment of national, didn't I? Many years ago, but I didn't, uh, I didn't make it to global. That was my that 15 minutes of fame. I thought you were going to go uh, I thought you were gonna go national when you got sacked. We can say that now, you see, because we're open, because hey, we've done the... Uh... I think I probably did. Must, I must have gone national. What, when you got sacked? Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah. In fact, just to say, I was remarkably pleased that, that we still kept some listeners after uh, after that PSD one. Yeah, well, well, got, I'm not on Facebook, you see, but you've been, well, you've yeah, been inundated, haven't you? We have lots and lots of messages about the professional standards one. Yeah. And um, they were very, very positive. I'm surprised. Positive. I thought they will be like, oh, God, not listening to that twang. Well, do you know, I think people were expecting us to be very anti-PSD and, and really berate them. Oh, right. That's what I think our listeners may have thought. Oh, but right. the feedback has been really good on that episode. So in particular, we've got a couple of individuals that we want to just have a bit of recognition for. I'm not going to name them for obvious reasons, but in particular, I was contacted by an officer, or they may be an ex-officer now, that were part of the anti-corruption team, that wow. that job that I alluded to. Oh, was she telling you off? How do you know it was a female? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you've not mentioned to her to me before, or him, or it. Well, anyway, so if you're listening again, <laughs> and you're uh, just about to go to bed, because you told me you listen to these podcasts when you go to bed, because you try to get to sleep, uh, I'm sure that helps. But, yeah. uh, well, if you are listening... Good night. Oh. And thank you. <laughs> and thanks for the feedback. And then to another uh, an, another listener who had a terrible experience with PSD, found some comfort in our in our episode, which oh, is good. I don't think I've ever provided much comfort to anybody, so that's mm. interesting. Although it, that makes me the hairs on my neck stand up a little bit, just yeah, in case well, they're vulnerable. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. So either of those want to come on? Any mention there? Do you throw out any bread or a bit of corn to see if yeah, you can entice them on? I think one of them may come on. Yeah, yeah. We've I still got we've still got a few people lined up. It's just a matter of uh, facilitating it and organising it and getting it, True. getting it all organised. But we've we've probably got three or four guests lined up, and I can't wait to have our first guest. That'd on. be great, won't it? Do they like beer as much as we do? Do you think? Well, it's become sort of compulsory now. Well, it? it has been. Yeah, we always yeah. bring beer around. It's lovely. Yeah. This is. It is good. So quick, quick update then about your recovery because you... Oh, you know, yes. Uh, I'm right, I'm, I'm down to walking with, most of the time, no sticks at all. That's brilliant. I have my stitches out, well, there's staples. I have 33 staples up this massive gash on my leg. Uh, and they were out yesterday. 
uh, good old NHS whipped those out at this local surgery. They're very impressed by the service yet again. Um, they and, are good NHS. Oh, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm up and about, and uh, I'll be back down the yard tomorrow. Back down the yard? Yeah. We've got plenty of I hear there's been a lot of changes. There's been some changes, yeah. What? A new Hoover? Well, we bought you that because it's got like a handle on it, so it's like a Zimmer frame Hoover. Yeah, that's all that. Bruno was around, taking the piss. Hobble around with it. Bruno gets everywhere. He does, doesn't he? He does, bless him. He's like a rash. A bad rash. <laughs> a bad rash. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, tickety-boo and very much looking, get, looking forward to getting back to work because I am sick to death of daytime television. What have you done now? There's no Jeremy Carl. Well, well, can I've you get it on catch I've been listening to adverts for um, all this stuff, this reality TV coming. It, is it just me, or is it that what? what is that ple- becoming the new reality? Uh, yeah. What pleasure can be had from watching a television program where a load of sad people who are not very intelligent, who are desperate for fame, get stuck on an island or stuck in a room, and then everybody waits to look to see if they start mating. They don't need to do that. They just need a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Get a life, people. <laughs> get a podcast. Get a podcast. I'm not we're desperate for fame. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, but at least we're fully clothed. At least there's no sort of naked attract... Well, I am. At least there's no sort of... <laughs> <laughs> for this occasion, only because you're covering your you scar. You people love to get it off, don't you? But me, I'm fully clothed. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we should have mentioned that with people listening. Horrible thought. I was talking to a Ministry of Defence armed cop. I think, I don't think they're all armed, aren't they? Uh, Mod Plot cop today, transferred from Leeds. Mod Plot. Yes, yeah, what the nickname, didn't it? Mod Plot. Yeah, I've not heard that, but it makes sense. Yeah, he transferred from Lincolnshire firearms. Oh, right. Where did you see him? What, down the yard? Down the yard. Did he? Right, yeah. Was he um, He's an ex, a customer ex, down ex the yard? Customer. Come back, yeah. Oh, right. Had a good chat with him today. Is it, was he, you say ex Mod Plot? No, he's, uh, he's now Mod Plot. Oh, right. And he was in Lynx Police. Game so, on. Give him a shout out. Yeah. I told him about the podcast today. He said he was going to listen in. He loved the one about the firearms. Are they all Gucci and jailed up? What, the mod plot? Yeah. No, I think they're quite old. Oh, are they? I think a lot of cops go there just for like a bit of Oh, for a bit of retirement. Oh, yeah. right, right. Uh, okay. That said, if there's any mod plot cops listening and you are young, apologies. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Shameful. there are. There are young mod plot there are, there are young mod plot cops out there. They'll all be sprinting across open ground, yeah, doing that one, and they're special swerving as they run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was telling me they, uh, they've got a pursuit policy. A pursuit policy? Blimey, we don't have one of those. No, and he said it is, there is no pursuits. Oh, right, <laughs> same as ours. <laughs> that was it, yeah. <laughs> I said that sounds a bit like forced ice. Can they knock people off mopeds? Uh, all the jihadists that are going to be whizzing well, up to all I, these MOD places on their mopeds packed with explosives? I perhaps think their um, their use of force is going to be slightly different to ours. They said there were, some, there were some differences, and their weapons are slightly different as well. Are they? Mm. Are they like yeah. bigger? Gucci, you know, what, American, Canadian grenade. Type, American, Canadian type carbines, you know. Desert proper, Eagles. Proper stuff. Yeah, all that. <laughs> mm. So that was interesting. A good interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice lad he is. I should be very glad when we do get people on. Yeah. Anyway. What? Tonight. Yeah. Well, today. Or well, this episode. Yeah. Whether it's night time, daytime, whatever. What's it going to be? How about... Because um, this is off the cuff. Come on. What? Well, it's about, oh, God, you right. Pick, yeah, pick, how about pick, stuff like stop and search drugs, oh, yeah, gangs, yeah. that kind of stuff. Go on then. Stop, okay, so um, stop search. Stop search. I mean, uh, do you want to go as far back as 
Back the, in the day when we well, used to do stop search? No, before, before. Sort of the, you know, Stephen Lawrence, McPherson inquiry report. Oh, Stephen right. Well, back to the days when if you were black, you were 40 times more likely to be stop searched than your average white lad. Why was that? Uh, well, it'd be a combination of things, wouldn't it? It would just be for one reason. There will be inherent prejudice. Will okay. be a factor. Do you think it was true? Do you think do you think those statistics were true? Because we had a massage. Oh, you know, oh, all right. massage. And we spoke about figures. So, do you think those statistics would have been true? Well, like, so like we, most police statistics, they wouldn't be true. Um, but they will give a broad brush idea of it being there or thereabouts, I would say. You couldn't rely on the figures, obviously, because they were probably generated by the police, so you, you certainly couldn't rely on them. But Or maybe the Home Office. Yeah, well, <laughs> one and the same, really, isn't it, when it comes to statistics, I think. So maybe politicians? Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, they might have had a hand, hand in it. I'd say so. I think that if you were to stop somebody of a minority ethnic background you were more likely to fill out the correct paperwork than you were if you were stopping your regular should we say stereotypical white car crime shed burglar drug user type person because let's bring it forward a few years after the after the uh Stephen Lawrence murder then. So was it the McPherson report came out? Was it 99, wasn't it? I think it came out. 24th of February, 1999. Oh, yeah. That's very precise. It was, yeah. It's a 24th of February is a special day for me, see? Oh, okay. Wife's birthday. Ah. But after that, that, so after 99, if you think when we joined then, not long after 99, we were stopping people left, right and centre and never filling out forms. Very rarely. Well, the but, only time but, you'd ever fill out a form would be when you thought they'd complain. Yeah. So we worked in areas where there were very, very, very few people from a minority yeah. um, ethnic group. Very rare. So as it was only one in, what, 50 right. searches? So if you, if you skip back again then, a few years, to the, to the cops around the, the Stephen Lawrence time... Were they more likely to fill out forms for when they were stopping people of black and minority ethnic origin as opposed to stopping your traditional known white offender? Yeah, I bet the answer was, yeah. Yeah, true. And therefore, the statistics will be wrong, won't they? Because all of a sudden, you know, you've got Joe Bloggs in the crime recording desk when it was all paper, paper reports before everything was electronic or digital, and all he's doing is checking off and auditing stop search forms yeah. and everyone yeah. or is it one, maybe one in ten is white yeah that's true so therefore your stats will say we are stopping more black and white so when you first started what, not. what sort of percentage of, of uh, stop search would you actually record when you first started in Brown Town how many what percentage would you have ever recorded when I was being tutored <laughs> I, bet the, I, bet the, I bet the audit people at work yeah. when well, you've been tutored you fill out yeah. one don't you well um, or quite a few <laughs> and uh, yeah I bet the audit team thought yeah 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 all needs yeah all needs you can actually read it yeah there's something wrong here another 10 weeks there'll, there'll not be any of these yeah, yeah. 
oh, over over the, the few years that I was at uh, at that particular station, very few. Yeah. How many times did you just get out of the car? How many times did you go up to people? And they, you knew them. They were your regular customers, yeah. and they'd start emptying the pockets well, right. before you even got. You to wouldn't them even have to ask them. It was like voluntary, rarely, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, consent. It was consensual search. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that old chest. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, that, I believe that had a massive impact on those on those types of statistics. That's just my own opinion. A, I might be wrong. Our listeners, you can draw your own opinions. It probably changed a bit though when you went to work in the city, though, didn't it? When you were um, turning over. Yeah, but. Yeah, so I went to work in the city. Yeah, so I went to work in the city. That was a good few years after I'd started. But bear in mind, so at the back of the McPherson report was this massive drive for diversity, wasn't it? Can you remember? They had all this special diversity training um, that was brought in. You were taken to, well, I remember on this one particular diversity training session we had, I think it lasted, it was either, either two or three days of diversity training. And um, was that one of those five <clears throat> minutes of content packed into eight hours? Yeah, that's the sessions? one. Yeah, yeah that's uh, the one. And they most took, of them were like that, weren't they? Yeah, they took you to a community centre in Nottingham. Uh, I went on can, that. Can you remember it? Yeah, the whole foot we all had to do it, didn't we? Yeah, to be abused uh, by the local inhabitants, <laughs> the great unwashed. Yes. Oh, no, don't say that. But yeah, and that was all off the back of the. Uh, um, oh, sorry about that. That was all off the back of the uh, the McPherson report, wasn't it? Yeah. How yeah. we should become you know, more aware of racism and how it affects the police and whatever. And there was another report, wasn't it, 20 years ago? Tw- uh, sorry. Last year, which was 20 years on from the McPherson report, which was 20 years on from the McPherson report, how have things changed? And this this guy said, well, not not that much really because you're still institutionally racist. So, so... When I we- think it has changed. Yeah, I think it's changed as well. Mm. Um, but it's a tricky subject, isn't it? Because, say, for instance, in London now, all right, the the stop and search relates to street-type criminality, doesn't it? It's about... Your basic stop searches, yeah. I mean, there's other yeah. stop search grounds, isn't there? There's, ter- there's terrorism, yeah, there's sure. drugs... But you, you know, you're, you're jobbing day-to-day stop searching yeah, yeah. is for weapons, it's for drugs... Yeah. It's for... Stolen property, theft. Yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. All, yeah. And, and a lot of Going it will be like the sort of the gang type mm-hmm. scenario. And the reality is, according to statistics, is that the majority of the gang members in London who were dealing with the drugs and the weapons are black. Right. But whatever way we want to dress that up, so the black population will account for about 10% of the population of London, I think give or take approximately, and yet 60% of the drugs, crime uh, and weapons offences are committed by the black community. That's like a massively disproportionate number of offences of that nature for the size of the community. Yes, um, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, and that's that's... That is just a factual thing, just like the vast majority of distraction burglars or, or that will be from a different sex of the community. Yeah. And so, so that's the reality of it. You know, and paedophiles or grooming gangs yeah. will be from a different sex of the community. So, so that's not a reflection I don't feel about the community. That's a re- reality of about certain types of crime that are predominantly 
committed by certain t- sections of the community. But with bred a culture and a police service now that is afraid of saying that. Ah, well, yeah, you can't say that, can you? you but, okay, that's then. the last thing that you would ever say. All right, I'm getting on my soapbox here. Oh, right. golly. So let's pick a town in North Nottinghamshire, Ooh. okay? okay. Where, there are, where, where there's very little... Um, Diverse community, you know, so it's predominantly, you know, some sort of mining you, you, village or something. Yeah, like that. something like that, right? Let's say in one particular area in this town, there's a spate of shed burglaries, all right, and we know what the offender profile is for the shed burglaries, okay, and it's happening in this one area. All this right? isn't just a theft of padlock. This no, is no, proper... this is not your theft of padlock. Right. No, this is proper shed. Proper shed burglary. Right. We could also have some auto crime in there. All right, so it's all being committed by the same, uh, same nucleus of. Of offenders, and we know that that profile type, okay, yeah, yeah, and we know it's happening in this particular area. So the gaffers put a strategy together where, when you're not dealing with response and firefighting, policing, you default to patrolling the hotspot area, okay, because yeah. that's being proactive, yeah, all right, and policing that particular area, right? Intelligence gathering, visibility, all that type of stuff in that particular area. However, you decide as a cop, that you're not going to default to that area, you're going to default to another area. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah, okay. So, and not only do you decide that, your colleagues decide that as well. And they're going to allow this area to become sort of semi-unpoliced and just going to react to the offences that occur, which is your shed burglaries and auto crime. What, like Tony Lane? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So what happens? Yeah. Right. The cops, the cops decide that they're not going to do that. They're, they're going to go and police a different area. Okay. But that's wrong, isn't it? And if we don't, because you're not going to catch the people, and you're not going to deter the people, and you're not going to gather your intelligence, and you're not going to witness offences, and catch people, whilst you're whilst you're policing, and patrolling in another area, which isn't suffering that problem. Somebody will say, some smart ass will say, oh, well, yeah, but that other area's got its own problems. And then you look at, yeah, but I'm talking about this is a, this is a big problem. Yeah. You know, the, the numbers are going through the roof. There's shed breaks and auto crime every night. What are the cops doing about it? Nothing. They're patrolling a different area. Yeah. Let's take that scenario now and talk about knife crime and gang culture in a city. Wow. So what are you going to do? If you... Because clearly, what they have been doing is not policing their areas and stopping and searching people. Well, not surprising over the last few years when when the spotlight has been on effectively stop search ethnic minorities less. All right. So what? That's I'm not... that's okay. Which brings me nicely on to my next bit. I'm interrupting you, here, aren't I? Sorry. No, that's okay. But th- th- that is the reality of the situation, isn't it? Being four cops, the between the lines, unuttered phrase is just cool it a bit on. Mm. Stop searching the the minorities. Search search a lot more widows. Yeah. You know, in old people's areas, target yeah. target them just to even up the numbers a bit, just so you show you've been yeah. even handed. Yeah. Okay. So knife crime, the numbers for last year. We're up, I think it was 6%. Knife crime was up 6%. And it was already massive. And it was already, big, already a big problem. 
So guess what the police have decided to do now? I'm talking specifically about the net. Um, uh, a, a knife amnesty? Yeah, well, they've had knife amnesties, yeah. Have they? Yeah. I, and they're always great, those, aren't they? Because all the big-time gang members are always going to hand in oh, their yeah, knives, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've got a firearm. Do you mind if I have Oh, yeah, because yeah. they're really effective. Uh, and what do they achieve, those, those knife amnesties, generally, do you mm. feel? The sum total of... Mm, nothing. Because yeah. the type of people that hand in those knives... Aren't you people that are going to use it? Mrs. Miggins handing in her old Albert's They're not going to use bayonet from World War I. In the course of committing a crime, are they? No. So I'll tell you what the Met have done. They've increased stop search by 400%. 400%. Yeah. That's a lot of paperwork. If they fill out the correct form. Yeah. And they want them to use Blackberries to fill out the stop search form. Did you ever have to do that? Yeah. Fill out the stop search on a Blackberry? I think when I got a Blackberry, I put it in a locker. Like most people did, yeah. And I left it there. Yeah, everybody. Um, yeah. They actually, even at one point, wanted us to write statements on Blackberries. Yeah. Everybody went down with RSI and some sort of eyesight yeah. issue after that. Ridiculous. But 400%, that's a remark. But what, Go on. Why would they do that? I mean, that, that sounds like sensible. Well, that's like all of a sudden realising that, you know, these shed breaks and this auto crime yeah. ain't going to stop unless we do something about it. So yeah, should we change the area where we patrol? And should, should we change the style of our policing? What do you think the end, What do you think the outcome is of an increase of four hundred percent? Well, I would say that they might have found a few knives, probably. Well, it's well that'd be ridiculous, though. Wouldn't I it? mean, fancy. How that. can you possibly associate stop search with a reduction in crime? It just wouldn't happen, would it? No, I mean, so no. what did happen? Oh, it's dropped by about twenty percent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, as, as it blindingly obviously would do. Mm. Be interesting to see though what the stats are on the ethnic uh, split. Yeah, an FOI company for that freedom of information. Yeah, although I got to be a bit careful to put in too many because I get a bit funny about it apparently. But we don't. We've, <laughs> we've put a couple in already about some slightly contentious issues. Yeah. I've had um, I've had numbers come back to say that um, that it's been logged, and so within twenty days mm. we should get some answers. That's good. Yeah, that makes for an interesting. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Should be. Episode. So I might have to get you to submit a few. I'll submit a few. Yeah, I did. Uh, I I put on the email address Flucker Leaks. Good. So just for them to... Another hint there to our listeners. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, if I haven't mentioned it before, please do let us know. Uh, if you have any interesting snippets, completely anonymous, anonymously, if you wish, and you just need to send details of anything you want us to talk about or bear in mind or any rumours or uh, anything that we can fan the flames with, and uh, send it to Flucker Leaks. That's uh, F L U C K E R. L E A K S at gmail.com. And uh, we've had a little snippet come through actually on the leaks already. Yeah. Uh, but it's very contentious. Mm. Um, so at the minute, we're just going to leave that one for the moment, but we will come to it. So uh, thank you, that uh, particular leaker. Um, so yeah, we just need the dust to settle a little bit before we discuss that one. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to uh, overstep the mark, do we? We don't. No, we're not here to do that. No, no, just to create debate and create debate. I like a bit of debate. Talk about the old times. So this is going to be like with the stop and search, and this is going to be just like the mopeds, isn't it? So uh, yeah, crack on, boys, knock them off their mopeds, and then as soon as people start knocking them off their mopeds, it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah. So what's going to happen with this stop and search policy then? Well, you're going to get you're going to get one one or two, aren't you? Where it comes to stop search, you're not touching me, get off me. 
you know, get your hands up. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you're going to get that, but then you're going to end up with use of force, aren't you, for stop search, because cops are allowed to use appropriate force, aren't they, where necessary. Yeah, that's where it all gets messy. And then it? it starts to get messy, and then we end up with somebody taken to the ground, yeah. positional, positional asphyxia, yeah, and, and the cops just... Die. And then... And they won't be... They won't be and the job's going to go, we didn't tell you to do that. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Why did you do it? That's manslaughter. <sighs> Let the courts decide. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, God, it's all going to end so terribly. Um, there, but for the grace of God, we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. Oh Christ! Yeah. Um, but knife crime is just. I've been watching a couple of videos today about knife crime in London. It is absolutely horrendous. It's rife, isn't it? I mean, some of the figures are are, it just don't bear reading. And I, I was interested that I remember about must have been must have been eight nine years ago that one of the um, Home Secretaries said that they were looking at repeat offenders for knife crime, for possession of a knife, getting a minimum tariff of five years. Huh. Yeah. Is that ever happened? Happened. No. 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 Uh, and and still, people now then can carry a knife, uh, and they can be cautioned for it. And some of the statistics I read today, there was one which uh, made my uh, blood boil, and there was eighteen uh, percent of um, uh, repeat weapon carriers, knife carriers who who repeatedly carry knives. Eighteen percent of them, uh, when they finally when they appear in court again do not get the custodial sentence that the government promised. Um, shocking, so they were saying that, you know, there'd be, there'd be, it would be a two-year tariff. But no. 18% do not get a custodial sentence despite repeatedly carrying knives. Um, and um, one of the uh, remarkable th- uh, statistics was also another one which was talking about... Um, people that repeatedly carried a knife um, appearing in court and uh, that's risen in the last four years that's risen 44% so in the last, in the last four years 44% more people repeatedly carry a knife and I ask myself why is this? this is not I've got just... my ideas on why it is well, do you want to share them? well they don't get punished do they? okay that's one, but it's more than it's more than just knife, carrying a knife, isn't it? it? It's a whole. It's now become a whole cultural thing, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, these people are that are, that are habitually carrying knives. They're living in areas where lots of people carry knives. They feel so. They feel the need. It's that old adage of oh, I've only got it on me because I want to protect myself. Yeah, yeah. Until you use it. Yeah. Until well, yeah. But I genuinely do think. That that is now becoming the case for some areas in in this country. Yeah, I agree. And it's not an excuse. I'm not saying it is an excuse or or even mitigating or a defence or anything like that. It's it's wrong. But I genuinely think that the people living in these areas are in that much fear that they they have to carry one. That's because there's no cops walking around. Well, well, there's no cops walking around. There's certainly no fear of stop search. Another interesting statistic was for the um, the black community. It's a much higher percentage of that community has single parent families, whether it's being looked after by the mum. And so I think there's a lot of issues with suitable role models, um, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Teaching their kids, mm. you know, the difference between right and wrong. Not that the mums can't do that, but my experience of dealing with people that have offending children 
as single parents, it's just incredibly difficult to cope with a, a, a child and all their needs and that of your other children when you're on your own. Single parents could do a fantastic job, but on your own, it's yeah. still really hard. And if you add into the mix then, in particular, some of the areas where these people live, where there are... Well, I mean, look how much... I'm married, got two kids, but my children are influenced massively by social media. Uh, okay? Yeah. And what goes on at school around social media. And, you know, again, it's a cultural thing that's changed. So if you if you were to look at these children that we're, we're perhaps you know, referring to in the areas where they live, look at the pressures, the, the peer groups that they you know hang around with, the influence that that has on them, what they see, what they experience. They're often from you know deprived areas, low income, low education, and they see people, um, their peers. You know, dress nice, expensive tracksuits, trainers, not working. You know, how are they affording to, you know, dress themselves in that attire, drive that car? What are they doing? I'm, I'm not suggesting everybody's like that, not for one moment. But what I'm saying is that this cultural shift that we're going through is has, a, has an impact on these people. And where you've got like the single parent family with the incorrect or, or not the not the best role models around them. Again, I'm not saying that you know single parents aren't good role models. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I'm saying is there there are role models missing in their in their life. Well, and, and uh, yeah. look how much influence is, is then on them from external factors. And and, it, and it's not just these youths. It's society in general, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. Why do why do a lot of women now want to have a face like a fish mm. or a massive ass? You know, because there's these so-called influencers, which yeah. <laughs> makes my, my, my blood boil to talk about people like that, the influencers, mm. um, that make people want to do really stupid things and think that it's a good idea. I mean, it, it, Like carrying a knife. Like carrying a knife, like, like mutilating your own body. Um, mutilating like somebody else's body idiot online because you know and making it look as if your life is consistently amazing life ain't like that you know there is a time in a lot of people's lives where life isn't actually quite as amazing as facebook might portray mm. it and then you've got other people that that want to wash every single aspect of their dirty laundry online as well so that so that you've got these professional victims online that, that want to drag everybody else down with them. And then you've got the idiots that want to encourage you to commit suicide or prey on the people with the mental health. I, I, there's a lot of positive mm. things about social media. And one of them is, hey, Fluckers has gone blooming global. global, which is fantastic. And we're now megastars running around in Lamborghinis. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, not yet, but... Donate, donate two nine nine, and we'll show yeah, you how yeah, you can yeah. do it. Fosters, yeah. bring it on down. Um, yeah. but subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit like, the subscribe like, button now. Like, like, like. All yeah. that shit. It's bullshit. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, we're we're good advocates that bit because you know, here's all sat here talking about this, and people will listen to it and listen to us talking about it, and some people will go, you know, they, it's utter dross, it's shit. I'm not listening to that. Other people, yeah, they go, what those old gets on about? Yeah, well, speak for you. Speak for yourself. Hey, but but. We've I've been through a very 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 unhappy period in my life. Yeah, you know, 
What was that since I joined you down the yard? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, things have gone progressively worse. Since then. No, joking, joking. We're on the up, we're on the up. Yay! Uh, Hallelujah. You, you, you've gone through a very traumatic, bad time, you know. It was briefly. Well, yeah. it was bittersweet. It was bittersweet, bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But those knocks in life, I think, are... Well, my old well, dad would say it was character building, lad. That's character building, just like this belt round the head when you've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what makes you what you are, isn't I it? I think so, yeah. It's mm. all part of life's rich tapestry. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the more experiences you have, whether you're good or bad, you know, the Facebook life, the online line life, oh, of everything yeah. is tickety-boo and roses, mm. it's just bullshit. Yeah. The, the, you know, the and all of these things, you just, you've just got to try and equip your family, equip your children for taking life's knocks, being realistic, making them keep their feet on the ground, realise that, you know, good, honest, mm. hard work is going to be a good basis for starting your life out, being honest, trustworthy, a decent person, blah, 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 all the boring stuff. It's not Gucci, is it, for no. the kids to hear some old git going on about the basic values in life, but the reality is, that's how life is. And uh, Well, you, you, you can't have the good without the bad. It's impossible, because you, if you don't know what if you don't know what bad is, you don't know what good is. Yeah, yeah. There's no comparison for you. Yeah, that's true. If everything was just plain sailing, how would you appreciate all the good things in life? Yeah, true. And how would you, you know, miss all the, the people and whatever you you you'd have no you wouldn't have those feelings or whatever. You, you so what's have, the answer? How would you? How would you start down the road of curing? Because it's all right us slagging it all off, isn't it, and saying how bad it is. But what, what realistically would you start doing to try and to change this? Would you recruit more officers from ethnic minority backgrounds? Would you, would you show them preference in the recruitment process and, and risk not necessarily getting the officers that you might have originally thought you you might like in the first place. What well, I think we're a long still a lo- personally. I think I still think we're a long way off from breaking down all those barriers. I still think there's a lot of people from those minority ethnic groups that don't trust the police. There's still a lot of ill feeling about the police because of things that have happened in the past. And I, and, I, and I understand that. And I can understand why they would feel in that, that way. But we, I think we should do our best to try and recruit people from those backgrounds. Because diversity is great. Don't, I think diversity is brilliant. Why is it not good to... Um, look, look at me, I was immersed in training overseas cops from a Middle Eastern country. Yeah. And do you know what? It was brilliant. I loved it. I learned so much about their culture, uh, about their policing style, their culture, their religion. Because let's face it, the way that we do it isn't necessarily right. We all love to think we're right. Of course we do, yeah. Yeah. But we may well not be. Yeah. Because clearly the way we're doing it at the minute, it isn't working, is it? I'll tell you what I was watching today, which was super refreshing. Sorry, were you going to say something? I was going to say something. Oh, go on, carry on. But what... A lot, of, but some of the things that they do aren't right. And I'll give you another one. So they've well, still got the death. In your the, opinion, they've still got the death penalty. Not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Okay. I think we'll have it. Right. All right. So is the death penalty a punishment or is it a deterrent? Well, it's it, it's a very brief 
punishment, isn't it? Because they don't know much about it after they've been right. killed. So if it's a deterrent, why why are they still executing people in countries? Why are they still hanging people? Well, they've still got, always got idiots, haven't they? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's not a deterrent. I, I don't... Yeah, it is. It's not. If it was a deterrent... We would never hang anybody. But the problem is, though, it's a bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut sometimes, because back in the day when people would shoot poachers, poachers soon got hold of the idea that, oh, well, well I shan't just give myself up to the gamekeeper, I'll shoot the bloody gamekeeper as well. Yeah. So there is that downside. It can escalate things well, a little. Yeah, well, it can. But anyway, uh, diversity is a good thing, certainly when it comes to policing. But what would I do to try and change things? Again... The the, the, tr- the trouble with policing is it's not just one thing, is it? It's not just one thing in on, in on itself, in of itself. It, it covers so many aspects of life. It doesn't just cover... It's not just about catching bodies anymore, is it, policing? No. That, and the, and, and the, that, you know... The, the partnership working is, is really important. I remember poo-pooing it in the job to some extent, but that's... You were talking previously about things like youth clubs, engagement with youths and doing things and building bonds with the community. Yeah. I mean, that's really all valuable stuff that by and large has been lost completely. Um, I'll tell you about what I heard earlier and it was so refreshing and it was interesting and, 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 and a little bit controversial from what this guy was saying, but it was a YouTube video I was watching about knife crime in London and, and the guy that was speaking was a black father of a black youth who had been stabbed. And he was sat next to him uh, in his hospital bed and he had been stabbed through the heart, through a lung, um, and actually had survived, although wow. he was in this, at the time of filming, in this sort of pretty well vegetative state. Um, and this father, who was um, quite eloquent, was explaining that, how can we, how, he was saying, how can we be in this situation? How can we, you know... Yes, back in the day, there was the persecution of the blacks. There were no opportunities. There was no education. There were no chances to succeed. But that's not the case now. That's not the case now. Everybody's got an opportunity. You can get an education. You can stay in education. You can go to Oxford. You can do this. Yeah. You know, and, and the controversial bit, and I'll say this because this is exactly what he said, was, I don't want to be associated with the niggers on the street. I want to be associated with the black people that want to succeed. I don't want to be a nigger on the street. I want to be a black person that can thrive and do well in the society. And he nailed it. For me, he absolutely nailed it. And I think there is a cultural shift now because the knife crime has become so bad and the gang culture, I think there is a a clear understanding, even by Diane Abbott, that... A large section, a section of the black community and the gang culture, you know, are, are the root of a lot of these problems. Uh, and I think that, that, that it's got so bad that it has alienated that section of the black community from the wider black community. So the, the support that previously would never have been there, that you would never discuss issues as a black person with a, with a police officer yeah. about a known black to black offender. I think there's I think if it hasn't already happened there is a there likely to be a sea change if if people were supported more time and money was invested in those communities because 
we should be doing that, shouldn't we? Mm. Say, for instance, if you were the great unelected, say, for instance, like a Theresa May, you get into power just by being gifted it by David Cameron, and then you come up to... You mean your... like the next Prime Minister's going to be? Yeah, yeah, just like that, yeah. Uh, and then Un- you... Unlike Donald, Donald Trump. Unlike good old Don, yeah, make America great, yeah. Uh, and then you come up to your first general election, and because you're, you're so confident in your own abilities and you're strong and stable uh, government... <laughs> nice. ...that you then find that you get slaughtered at the polls and you no longer have uh, a majority. And then suddenly, oh, just found a billion pounds. Who should we give it to? Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, DUP, uh, any chance of supporting us with about 13 mm. votes? That'll keep me afloat. Uh, and we'll bung a, 30, we'll bung a billion pounds into your, uh, into your coffers in Northern Ireland and support Liverpool. How about that? Yeah, fine, great. A billion pounds. Mm. Just like that. To keep yourself in power. So... There's no problem finding the money. A billion pounds, what that get you? Get you 30,000 police officers. <laughs> Diane. No, if I was Diane Abbott, it'd be 600,000 police officers. Yeah. Well, I, didn't Sadiq Khan say that he was... He is a bit of a twat, though, isn't he? Just putting it out there. OK. I mean, I, I, I just don't think he's a... Well, we're going to be apolitical, we said, didn't we? And I can't really achieve apolitical... But he shoots his mouth off, doesn't he? Sadly, you can't, without thinking really about the wider picture. So we embrace all the Chinese blooming um, leaders all over here that are well known for torturing people and people disappearing and all of the abuses of human rights. We open them, we, we welcome them with open arms. And yet, you know, our biggest ally, uh, regardless of that, you know, he's, he's slagging him off before he lands, lands the plane. So mm. I'm not terribly impressed by good old Sadiq. Okay. But hey. Mum. Aren't they going to get 20,000 more cops? That's going to help. Where are they coming from? There's going to be a new recruitment drive. Oh, is there? Who's going to do this? The Tories or the... uh, Tories. Are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sajid Javid. Sajid Javid. I like... Now he... Right, okay, so he's pro He would make a good Prime Minister. Well, yeah, he would be the first... Muslim prime well, He's not a practicing Muslim. Well, no, well, okay, he's not a practicing Muslim, but he, but he is a Muslim. But he is a Muslim. Yeah, okay. So he would be the first Muslim prime minister. He said we're going to have 20,000 more cops. When he was asked whether this reduction in policing has had an effect on uh, crime going up or whatever, yeah. Did he? Yes. That's, that's a bag out of order. I bet well, Theresa was putrid. Well, hang on a minute. Apparently, he said, well, what well, why did you cut all these Why did you cut all these police numbers then? And he went, that was Theresa May. Really? Something loyal, like that. though. So loyal. Something like, like, a, like, a, like a bloodhound. Anyway, we're going to have to wrap this one up. Cause we're, I we're, suppose. We're, we're but just one time. thing about old Saj. Uh, he's also pro Spithoods, and that's something I'd love to talk about again yes, in the future. Yes, good. Is, you know, everybody knows that we should get Spithoods, uh, but yet only 13 out of 40 odd forces have had the balls to actually say you yeah. can use them. Yeah. You know, I can imagine that. I can imagine putting a spit hood on an ethnic minority. Can you imagine how much paperwork you'd have to create for that? But that's another story. Were they spitting at the time? Well, yeah, that's irrelevant, isn't <laughs> no, it? No. That's irrelevant. No. Well, putting a spit on, well, you can put a spit hood on anybody who's not spitting. It was going to cause you a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought they were spitting. They did it in one time, They were putting dog leads on people as well, weren't they? 
We're going there. Yeah, all right. We better go before we get. You've had too many of them beers. <laughs> it's that. Uh, it's that tramadol for your hip. Yeah, that's what I'm going to blame for. Did you know I'm a smackhead? <laughs> I'm tramadol. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do that because I've been going into a bit of withdrawal just recently. I think it, with this beer, it's gone straight to my head. Rattling. Yeah, I'm rattling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get the script. <laughs> well, on that note. Yeah. Well, if you're going to sleep. Uh, good, good night, night. everybody in Oz and Bulgaria, etc.